Hey, good to see you. I'm glad you're here. He is good. And he can only be good. He can't do anything else. It's his nature. And as I often say, and I think you guys are uh, catching on and, and beginning to make this part of your long language too, it's my Jesus mantra, right? As I've talked about that repeated phrase that means so much to me. Jesus is here. Jesus is good. And Jesus is Lord. He's here. It's his presence. We never, never will get away from his presence. He says, I will be with you always. Right? He is here. It's his presence. And then, but then it's his goodness. It's his nature. And then it's his lordship. It's, it's his authority. His presence, his nature, his authority. Bring it on, Jesus. God, and we pray, Lord, even as we've experienced in worship, just uh, that encounter with truth of who you are and that you are here and that you're so good. Lord, and I even love how the, for whatever reason, our technology just froze on the, those words that your, your power will break through every chain. I don't know, Lord, why those words were kind of just emblazoned on the screen there for longer than we had anticipated, but it is so true. And maybe, God, you're just speaking to us about that even right now. That, God, that today, chains will be broken. Chains of fear. Chains of inadequacy. Chains of just maybe even ignorance, of not even realizing the deep calling that is on our lives. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would break through in your goodness and your love for us. We give room for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, whenever the words freeze up there, it's not because people aren't like hitting the buttons. It's because I think God's got something for us to focus on for a moment. Just think about that next time it happens. Lord, what are you speaking to your people? Hey, maybe I have an overactive imagination, but there are times, and I've done this over the years, where I've wondered what would it have been like for people in ancient history if somehow they could like see like the modern day and like see like the technology that is available to us. And you know, they're seeing cars what is going on? And people on motorcycles, zipping around. And man, people with their, you know, they've got these eye watches, Apple watches, and, and all the, just the technology that surrounds us that we just take for granted. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing? And I think that God could have used that. And I wonder, it's like, God, you, you know, you, if God would have chosen because, you know, he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever, the same. He knew what was coming, and he, he of course, had access to it. He's God. God, what, I mean, wouldn't it have been amazing if God would have just sent an angel into ancient Israel, like, flying in this, like, Black Hawk helicopter or some, like, really cool, advanced piece of technology. People are just like, what? You know, it's like, ah. You know, and then 
lower down, slowly, from the helicopter comes this like jumbotron television, you know, like the, the huge ones they use in stadiums and surround sound, you know, that is proclaiming the good news of the gospel in every language so that people are just like, what? You know what? I think people would have responded. You know, you know, once they crawled out of a hole and like, ah, but I mean, I think people would have responded, but that's not what God chose to do. God from the beginning of time has always chosen to use people in his plan. Make no mistake. He has a plan, but he chooses to use broken Ordinary folk like you and me to be the proclaimers of this amazing and wonderful news. And I believe that there's a particular pattern. God uses people that have received his gift and then he just simply says, go and give that gift away. But don't worry, there's always gonna be enough. There will never be scarcity. There will always be enough of this gift for you and to those to whom you would give it. The Apostle Paul gets after that in 2 Corinthians chapter five. This was part of our reading this week. And as you can see, we're gonna be titling this message Ambassador Training. Because it's in this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter five that he uses this language of being Christ's ambassadors. Let's read this section. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. And Paul, speaking on behalf of God, by the way, says this to us. He says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a what? Is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. What is it, Lord? Of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, next slide. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. It's a big concept right there. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Paul is saying we have received this great gift. We have been made new by Jesus. And not only have been, we've been made new, just like in this personal, like individual sense, 
like each person made new. But not only that, we have been brought back into relationship with the God of the universe. So personally restored, personally made new, but then also brought into this restored relationship with our creator. But then that's not all. Then we've been given this task to go and give away this gift. And it's always our temptation to hold on just for us personally what God meant for us to not only receive but to give away. It's all over through scripture. And here it is again, we have this task of passionately pleading with others to also come back to God. Someone some years ago had this statement, maybe you've seen it, But it's Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. And that's kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of a nice little sentiment. It's a little bit poetic. But you know what? It's actually not what Scripture tells us. It's not not what it says. You are not called a beggar. You know what you're called right here? A gift receiver. That God gifted us with his salvation. He's given us this great gift. We didn't have to beg for it. He gifted us with this. And then he says to those who have received this great gift, this gift of gifts, where we have been brought back to life, this newness of life, that the old is gone. And he says to us, not only has your new life begun, But he says, I am now asking you to go and proclaim this news of this gift to all the others around with you. In fact, he uses this word plead with them. Plead with them. As if it's a matter of life and death. Because it is. So we plead. We use every ounce of our energy and creative ability and the unique gifts that he's given us to plead with those around us, come back to God. And it's here where where we read that God has given us a job. It's the job of an ambassador, which is a kind of a cool thing because we, we aren't given many titles, right, in scripture, like, you know, okay, Christian, okay, you know, I'm a Jesus follower, uh, you know, but there's not many titles. Daughter, son, that's a good title. I'll hold on to that one. It's a little harder to, to, to like grapple with saint, like, you know, whoa, is that my title? Am I, am I a saint? You know, it's like, but here, there is a job with a title, an ambassador. Ambassadors have very unique roles, because ambassadors are the nation's highest ranking representative in another nation. They're the highest ranking official in another nation. And when they speak, they are literally representing their president. This is crazy because we have, you know, United States has ambassadors all over the world. When that ambassador speaks, it is as if the president is right there speaking. That ambassador 
is representing the president and representing all of the interests and policies of their home nation. Being an ambassador is a big deal. It is weighty and filled with great responsibility. And guess what we're called? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. Fully representing Jesus himself. Now, when an earthly ambassador, like an American ambassador, goes to another country, like I said, it's as if the president is right there. Speak, because they have the full authority and weight of our nation on their shoulders. It's as if the president was right there. But when we go as ambassadors, guess what? Jesus really is right here. Because that's what God's word tells us. That like we literally are filled with God's Holy Spirit. He is, so when we speak, he is literally speaking through us. And that everywhere we go, we are taking Jesus with us and speaking on his behalf. You're like, everywhere? I go a lot of different places. Yes, everywhere we go, we are his ambassadors. He actually is right here with us wherever we go. In fact, Jesus' words about this in Mark chapter 13, verse 11, Jesus said this about everywhere you might go. He says, but when you are arrested, not if, but when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at that time. For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's incredible. So did this, has this ever happened? Yes, it has. In fact, it was the Apostle Paul who was not only arrested, but put on trial for his faith. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, Paul tells us just this little glimpse into that. What does he say? He says, I am in chains now. Still preaching this message as who? As God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. For many believers in our world today, we can so easily forget this, these words about being an ambassador in chains or don't worry when you're you know, arrested on trial, the Holy Spirit's gonna be speaking. We, we think of that as theoretical we th- because that's not our current reality where we live right here. But you know what? All around the world today, there are places where that is exactly happening. And I'd remember hearing one lady's story, so I, I refreshed myself with this this week. But there was a lady, her name is Hei Wu, lady born in North Korea, which is now believed to be the most challenging place in the world to be a Christian believer. And yet they estimate there are hundreds of thousands of 
Christians in North Korea. She was imprisoned in North Korea for five years and you can go and you can read some of her descriptions or other people's descriptions of North Korean uh, prison life, but it is, it's not like prison in America. It is, it is designed to suck the life out of you. It is, design, it is torturous and, and horrific. And it's amazing when anyone is able to ever be released. She was there for five years and then later escaped to South Korea and was able to tell some of her story. Here's just a paragraph out of what she described. I think, I think we have it on a slide here. This is what Hewu said. She said, God helped me to survive. Even more, he gave me a desire to evangelize among the other prisoners. That, that's like, how is that even possible? You've been imprisoned because of your faith. And now while you are suffering because you were Christ's ambassador sharing outside of prison, now you're in prison and now like you feel this like urge to continue sharing. Listen to what she says. He showed me whom I should approach. God used me to lead five people to faith. We met together out of the view of the guards. Often that was in the toilet. There we held short, ser a short service. I taught them Bible verses and some songs which we sang almost inaudibly. The heart of an ambassador bringing Jesus even into the darkest, most challenging places even in the world. Right now, God's name is being glorified. Right now, there are others like Hey Wu that are like being Christ's ambassadors in whatever difficult, horrific situation that they are in. But that is not our reality. Currently, that is not the case. I was blessed um, this week to be with a number of other Foursquare leaders and some of them from around the world. And I was at a table with and got to really get to know this amazing lady named Bella. It's not her, her birth name. Bella is in charge of all of our Foursquare work in China. And Bella described that right today, because there's a lot of persecution going on in China. There's a lot of challenges going on that some are being reported and others not so much because there are not a lot of Western reporters reporting clearly from China. But she said that right now that the Christians are preparing themselves to be prisoners. You know that there are more Christ-following believers in China than there are in the United States. This is going on right now, but that's not our reality. So here's kind of the challenge, I think, that comes with us so that we do not become complacent in being called to be ambassadors. 
If people can be filled with the Spirit of God in the most difficult and challenging places in the world and retain that calling of being an ambassador, not only being a receiver of God's gift, but someone who gives it away, how much more confident should we be like when we go to work or walk into our neighborhood, walk into a friend's house, How much more confident should we be because God, thank you that today I'm not a prisoner and I'm not on trial for my faith. So how much more bold and confident should we be as Christ's ambassadors? But I know that some, and man, and I've I've dealt with this, I've wrestled with this, I know this is challenging. Some of it is like, hey, pastor, Thank you, I'm so grateful that I do recognize that I've received this gift from God. But you know, pastor, I'm like, I'm really way more comfortable going in stealth mode. I, I'm not, I, I like, you know, like the fact that I've received this gift, but I don't feel it is my calling to like give this gift away. I believe that this is your gift. That's why you're the pastor. That's why you're the shepherd and I'm just a little sheep. <laughs> sheep don't have a voice. I, blah, I, don't, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? We can like take on this false sense that it's like, oh, it's that person's responsibility to be the brand ambassador for Jesus. That is absolutely and completely not what scripture tells us. It's not what Jesus told us. Do you know what Jesus said? He, he says this in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that what cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Being an ambassador is not optional. It's not optional in in the ways of Jesus, in the ways of scripture. It's It's not optional. You are an ambassador. You've already been an ambassador, whether you were doing a good job of being an ambassador or not. You, you are an, an ambassador. So I think the real question is, how well are you doing? How well am I doing? What can we do to actually grow in understanding what it means to be an ambassador? So we're gonna finish this morning by, by answering three questions. And this kind of comes with that whole title of ambassador training. We answered three questions. First, we're gonna answer, okay, what's our mission? The mission of an ambassador. Secondly, we're gonna be asking, what is the message of an ambassador? And third, we're gonna be asking, what are the job requirements? We're gonna go through these quickly, fairly quickly. You okay, you, you with me? Are you ready for three, answer these three questions? What is our mission as ambassadors? We're told right here in this scripture that we read at the beginning from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is just two verses out there, 18 and 19. 
our mission. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Our mission as ambassadors of Jesus is reconciliation. This is our mission. Remember, Paul said that we have been reconciled. That we have been made new and then remember like restored into relationship with God. And that is what reconciliation is. Reconciliation always has to do with restored relationship. Restored relationship. I think one of the best examples of reconciliation is when a married couple has gone through conflict and trouble and for whatever reason, they've called it quits and they've actually gotten a divorce. And then somehow by the grace of God, those same two people are reconciled in relationship and sometimes even in marriage. I've known couples that were divorced and then remarried each other. That's a beautiful part of their story. It's a, it's a picture of that brokenness of relationship, but reconciliation is the restoration of relationship. And it's not only for divorced couples. We all need it, right? We can be reconciled with a child, with a parent. We can be reconciled with a coworker, we can be reconciled with a friend, we can even be reconciled with a sworn enemy. Reconciliation is one of the most beautiful things, the nature of God being demonstrated in relationship, but the greatest reconciliation ever happens when people are restored to their creator. Woo! That is truly powerful, divine, Supernatural. When the God of the universe, who's filled with compassion and mercy and grace, who did not reject us, but we rejected him. When he not only offers, but and extends this gift of reconciliation, we accept it. And that's what happens when we Turn to Jesus and put our trust in him. Paul, the apostle Paul, the same one who wrote this letter to Corinth, wrote also a letter to the church in Rome. And this is what he said about the same idea of reconciliation. See, in, in Romans 5, 10 and 11, he says this, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, Just pause right there. While we were still his enemies, Jesus did the heavy lifting. He went to the cross for us while we were still his enemies. Not because we came and said, oh God, we want to make this right. We want to be reconciled with you. No, we were still his enemies when Jesus went to the cross.
For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Reconciliation. This is our mission. Being reconciled people. Reconciled with God who then extend this gift to others around us. So if that's our mission, what's our message? What's our message as an ambassadors? Now listen, I already just said, Jesus already did the heavy lifting, right? He already went to the cross to make, to make this like unbelievably accessible that we just have to respond to this great gift that we've been given. But not only has he done the heavy lifting, but he's given us the most beautiful and joy-filled message that we could ever proclaim. Like some, some are thinking like, I don't know what I would say. I don't know how to speak for God. That's a heavy task. Pastor, I don't think I'm up to it. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But he gave us, in some ways, the most easy message and the most beautiful and life-giving message that could fall upon any ears. And it's right here, again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just look at one verse, verse 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, Listen to these next words. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You guys, this is our message. Because in order for reconciliation to be needed, right? I mean, because that's a restored relationship. It means the relationship was broken. What broke our relationship with God? It was sin. Not just our personal sin, although we've all sinned and fallen short of his glory. But it's a sin like baked into humanity right from our very earliest ancestors. Sin came into the human story and broke that intimate relationship with God, that friendship with God that Jesus then came to restore And this is just so amazing that we get to declare that beautiful promise to the world that God no longer holds your sins against you. This is the message of full and complete forgiveness. Jesus came to die and then to proclaim, you are free. You are free. John 3, 17. The son didn't come to condemn the world, but that we might come to life. You're free. You're free. You're free. God does not count your sins against you. He paid for them. The debt's been paid. 
Man, I love so simply this one sentence from Paul to the Romans. Romans 8.1, he declares this. Now there is no condemnation. No condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation. What does it mean to be condemned? Guilty is charged. Now I'm just, I've been condemned, now I'm just waiting the penalty phase because I know it's coming. Y'all get what you deserve. Right? You ever heard that? We get what we deserve? That's true in human terms. But you know what God says? You get what you don't deserve. You get my grace and you get my pardon. There is no longer condemnation, John. Boom. There is no more condemnation. There is pardon and freedom in Jesus. And guess what our message is? I told you it's an easy message. It's a good message. It's a message that the world, whether they know it or not, is dying to hear. You're free. You're free. You're pardoned. You're no longer condemned. God no longer holds your sins against you. He's already paid the price. And he said, all who belong to Christ get that. So what is our invitation as part of that message? Come. Come into that. What does it mean to belong to Christ? It means to enter into that restored, reconciled relationship. Come. Come. That's our message as ambassadors. Our mission is to reconcile. Our message is forgiveness and freedom. Well, what are the job qualifications? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because, and it's almost as if Paul was anticipating that question to come. Because when, when by the time he got to ambassadors, he knew people would be going, I can't. I can't. I am not capable. I am not ready. I am not worthy. Paul would say, well, you're probably on the right track with those ideas. But God chose you anyway. He chose you anyway. And it's like Paul anticipated that people were gonna be raising those objections. And in the previous three chapters, two, three, and four, he, before he ever gets to the ambassador statement, he, he really answers those questions. In chapter two, verse 16, he's talking about representing Jesus to others. It's where he says that we are a fragrance to everyone, the life of Christ. He's, he, he asked this question, and who of us can rise to the challenge? Because that's our natural, like, I, I don't think I can rise to that challenge, Lord. I don't know if I can be your representative, your ambassador. And then a few verses later, in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, he says this. He says, we don't see ourselves as capable. Anyone join me in saying, I wake up most days feeling that way. We don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. Oh, but this is beautiful. For our true confidence flows from God's empowering presence. Isn't that good? And then check this out. 
He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused in, on an entirely new covenant. That's where he says, not the old covenant, because the letter kills. It's the spirit that gives life, and it's the very spirit within you. Isn't this amazing that God not only calls us, but he, make, he makes us adequate? I'm not adequate. Yes, you are. I'm not worthy. I've made you worthy. I'm a sinner. I died to pay for that sin. I'm not ready. No one is. And so you just step out and obediently just begin to say what I am giving you. And then in chapter four is when he, he goes into this beautiful statement. And if you were reading along with us in our 260 reading plan, you would have gotten all this. I'm just connecting dots for you. But it's in chapter four where he says that we're like jars of clay. He says, we have this unbelievably amazing treasure within us, this light, but it's just in these broken vessels, these chipped, broken, right, cracked, sometimes dirty, feel dirty, earthen vessels. And then he says, though, when you read that verse, when he says that we're just like, we're just like jars of clay, we're not like this titanium, I am titanium. No, you're not. <laughs> you're just like the rest, you're just a broken clay jar. But you contain something amazing. You contain this truth. You contain the gospel that we talked about last week the power and beauty and majesty of not only the death of Jesus, but his resurrection power, his forgiveness and his promise of eternal life. You contain it. And he says, why, why, why did he put that treasure within these broken clay vessels? And, and he says this, he says, which makes it clear that this great power is from God, not us. Well, thanks, Paul. I mean, I am kind of cute, right? I kind of have a little bit going for me. And it's, no, 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 you're just, you're just a broken clay jar. <laughs> Why did he do this? To make it clear that this great power is from God, not us. So what are the, what are the job requirements? Honestly, it's just a willingness to say, God, the gift that you've given me, I'm gonna give it away. That God, I'm gonna recognize my job as an ambassador is to speak on behalf of you. That I'm not gonna hold this gift within me, I'm gonna give it away. That's the requirement. You don't have to be a, like a veteran Christian, gone to Bible college, done whatever you think or like all the steps before I can say anything to someone. No, just tell your story. I was far from God and now we're friends. I was once like buried under the weight of my sin and now I'm free. How'd you like that? Would you like some of that? You want some of that? Let me give it to you. <sighs> representing Jesus, representing Jesus. On your way in today, you received a little 
physical reminder of the gift of reconciliation. It's in this little package. There is, uh, if you peel back the top, there's, there's a little, <laughs> simply a representation of bread. And then there's the cup. These two things represent what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's a representation of the gospel. It's a representation that Jesus did the heavy lifting. There's one more verse at the very end of that section that I kept referring to in 2 Corinthians 5.20. This is also, this is 20 and then 21. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Can you, would you make that person, would you say, so I am Christ's ambassador. Would you say that? Say those words again. So I am Christ's ambassador. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Here's the part that we hadn't read yet. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's the story of reconciliation, that he did the heavy lifting. He did the work that we might be reconciled, that we might be made right, that we might have friendship with God. And friends, this story is to be received individually as a gift. Each one received. But what we read today is that not only is it to be received, it's to be given away. It's not only to be received, this ministry of reconciliation, the gospel. It's not only to be received, it's to be given away. As you hold this, would you close your eyes? Just hold, just hold these in your hand. Representing the powerful work of God's reconciliation. And right now, I'm, I'm gonna ask that God's gonna gift you with some insight, a little bit of supernatural vision. I, I'm gonna ask God right now to begin to show you those to whom you are to give it away. to give it away. Who needs this message? Who needs this story? Who needs to be pardoned? Who needs to be free? Who needs Jesus? You are his ambassador. To whom are you to give away this gift that you have received? 
So Jesus, I pray that you would begin to open our eyes. You begin to show us people at our work, people at our schools, neighbors who live around us, people maybe that we've been distanced from. Jesus, begin to show us to whom we're to go. And maybe there will even be some, like have a, this crazy vision of like even a different city. Like God calling you to go. Maybe even a different nation. Maybe God would even begin to put on your heart and in your spirit a people group that like you've never even thought of before this very moment. Who God is calling you to work actively to be an ambassador, to speak on his behalf to a people whom you have never met. Would you be open to that? See, because ambassadors go where the president tells them to go. And God's ambassadors go where God is telling them to go. So Jesus, speak to us. Lord, speak to the young in the room, speak to the old. Speak to the men, speak to the women. Speak to those who feel qualified and those who don't feel qualified. For Lord, you are the one who makes us adequate. Speak to us, Lord. Show us, Lord. And now is a reminder of the gift that we have received. Take and eat the bread. It represents his broken body for us, that he paid the price for our freedom. And then the cup, would we do the same? Jesus, thank you for your blood. Lord, that through your blood and your death, we might have life. Not only life here and now, but life forever. And even as we drink it and as these molecules of sustenance go through us, Lord, may they energize us, Lord, to be your people who would go out and give this gift away to others. So take and drink all of it. I can ask our ministry team to come on forward. And if there are any here today who say, man, this was like, wow, this was thought provoking. This was interesting. But maybe you're still on this like journey, a spiritual journey. Maybe you're one of those kind of spiritually unresolved people who are still trying to figure out like what, what all this means. But as you heard today about Jesus paying the price to set you free, something like came alive in your soul and you're like, I want that. I need that. Friends, that is available to you right now. <laughs> the only thing holding you back, it ain't God because he no longer holds your sins against you. You know what holds you back? Ourselves. 
whether it's a fear, whether it's like, ah, I'm embarrassed. I don't want anybody to know that like this is going on in my story. Get past that. Jesus went to the cross for you. You can certainly say, God, I just want to give you all of myself and I don't care who knows. I want to belong to you and receive that pardon and to hear those words, you are not condemned. And if that's you today, would you do me a favor? Would you just like raise your hand and say, I want to belong to Jesus. I want to belong to him. I want to belong to him. I want to receive that gift of no condemnation, the freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. Praise the Lord. Anybody else that just says, I want that. I want to so fully belong to him that there is not a hint of that guilt or condemnation left in my soul or my story. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and now all of us who've received this gift, Lord, may we go in your power to give the gift. Some we can do it today. Some we can go knock on a door. Some it'll be tomorrow at work or at school. And others, we maybe get, have to start preparing ourselves to go in response to your calling. But we wanna go for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And God's word is good and God's word is challenging. Listen, don't, don't leave today if you've got a burden on your heart that you just wanna, I, I just need prayer. And we've got some fantastic people around here that are just so willing to just take some minutes with you and pray before you go. And, and, and if you believe that maybe even God began to speak to you about some people, a city, a nation, don't leave here today before speaking out those names or those places. These would be really good people to come and share with. And I'm gonna talk to our ministry team for a second. If anybody tells you like a city or a nation or something that God is putting on, I, I wanna hear. So make sure that comes back to me because I wanna, I wanna hear the story of what God is beginning to plant in your heart, what he's beginning to tell you. But speak out the names, speak out the places of where God is calling and then pray. So I don't know how it's gonna happen, but God's gonna make a way. Hey, go in God's power. You are loved. You are loved. Have a fantastic day.